Hey everyone, BT here. Thanks for joining us here on the Successful Mind Podcast. We've got something very special for our listeners today, another high-level teaching that David did recently on the Clubhouse platform. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Clubhouse, it's the latest social networking app that allows people to gather in audio chat rooms and discuss a wide range of topics. Because it is delivered over your mobile device, you may notice a difference in audio quality, which we're hoping doesn't take away from your listening experience. What's important to know here is the content is key, and David always delivers. For more information on how you can join us on future Clubhouse meetings with David, be sure to check out the show notes below. All right, enough of me already. Let's hit the club. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. All right, well, let's get this started. We've got people entering the room, so welcome, everyone. Uh, You are entering Let's Talk Universal Law and Business. We've got a super fun evening, hour-long session planned for you tonight, an open discussion about universal law and business, something that's not talked about a whole lot but has a massive impact on not just how you can scale your business but how you can do it in um, a peaceful, easy kind of way um, without all the struggle and all the hardships. And we've got some amazing guests on here with us, three women who have been able to build and scale amazing businesses um, using universal law and universal principles. Um, They're all three very good friends of ours. We've got personal experience with them. And we just thought we'd have an open conversation about this. Yeah, I've got some planned questions to ask. um, But I think this is going to be really fun and free-flowing. And I also want to say... If anyone has any questions or wants to join the conversation, this isn't about just listening to us yap and and have fun conversations. Please feel free to join in. All you need to do is raise your hand, and uh, we'll pull you up on stage and unmute you, and you can ask questions or add something to the conversation as well. So please don't feel like you need to be 100% a spectator or spec listener, I guess, in here. Um, It's totally open and and casual. My name is Steph Tuss. I'm CEO for David Nagel. And it's my pleasure to be here moderating for you. I'll do my best. I'm just waiting for a few more people to jump on with us before we get started and ramp up this conversation. As I said, the topic of conversation in this room is universal law and business. Not, not, some, not something that you hear a whole lot about, but incredibly important when you're looking at growing and scaling your business in a really conscious way. All right, so I'm going to get this party started. It's 5.03 my time. We said we were going to start at 5. So welcome, everybody, who's just joined us. You're joining a conversation about universal law and business. We're here with David Nagel. We're also here with Lee Hayward. Lee is a very good friend of mine. Actually, I've been a client of Lee's, so I can attest to her amazingness and the the quality of her business. Um, She is a brand strategist 
and founder of The Prosperous Image. So let me just kind of give you an insight. And here's the thing. I told these ladies that they, they could introduce themselves, but I want to say a little bit about each of them. And David, if you do too, please feel free to, to jump in. But Lee helped me understand how to dress myself. <laughs> I was always a person that had a hard time going into stores and picking clothes that looked, that made me feel like I want to feel in, in how I looked. Um, She's amazing at it. She's amazing at capturing um, the look, how you want to look, what you want to feel like in clothes, what you want your image to say about you. And as you show up in a more powerful way, physically you show up in a more powerful way emotionally, and that's the impact she had on on me in my life for sure. And I know she's worked with lots of other um, people that I know who have had nothing but amazing things to say, but she's built her business from the, from the very ground up. So welcome, Lee. Anything you want to add now that I've just semi-intro you? Well, thank you, Steph. I mean, I, I love how all of our stories interconnect. And my business began as this like personal styling company where I helped, you know, put clothes on people. And it really was through David's teachings that I realized that this actually has nothing to do with clothes. And it has everything to do with creating a brand that helps you actually show up in a way that attracts the results that you want. And that's really exciting. So that's, that's kind of how we all were tied together. And um, yeah, thank you for all the kind words. Yeah, of course. And the next female entrepreneur that I'd like to introduce is Alejandra Ali Leibovitz. I've known Ali for, oh my gosh, Ali, I think it's 10 years now. Um, I think it's more, Steph. You think it's more? I it probably more. is. I have no concept of time. I call it nagel time because a year <laughs> feels like 10 and it just, I, I, I don't have any idea. But I know I've known you for such a long time and watched you build some amazing businesses. And I mean, I could say so many things about you. You're an artist. You're an author. You're a, you're a fantastic mom. You're, you're a partner in a you know multi-multi-million dollar business. But... I will let you do the honors of introing yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Alejandra Levovich. I am an immigrant business owner. And as you can hear, I decided to keep my accent. Uh, and even though my accent is super cute, uh, don't let it deceive you because I can be pretty deep. Um, I own uh, multiple businesses, as Steph mentioned. Uh, the bigger one is a nine-figure business. Uh, recently, I achieved what I've been working for since I met uh, David and, and Steph, which is to have my business work for me. So I fully replaced myself and I've retired. Um, I'm pretty much retired before the age of 50 with a handsome recurring personal income and the time to develop uh, stories which is, that was my goal since I met David. I um, started coaching with David and with Steph from the very, very beginning, and I've been using universal laws to achieve every single goal. I would say that the law of polarity is my middle name. <laughs> and the reason that I'm starting yet um, also another business with stories, um, I had a problem, and the opposite of a problem is a solution. So I've been creating uh, a lot of stories, um, and uh, these stories live in an audio app, and I've been converting them into literary form, into storybooks, and they are currently being shopped around to major publishers by my literary agents. 
and I'm very honored to be on this call uh, with one of my dearest mentors. Um, I have learned from David and Steph not only universal laws, but I also learned how to figure out what I want, how to manifest it, um, how to have a good mindset, and the one that I love the most, how to sell. Ah, yes, how to sell. So important to every business owner, yes. And the one thing that people resist the most, I think. Thanks, Ali, for that amazing <laughs> intro. And next up, we've got Sarah Kaki, owner of multiple law firms. Um, Sarah, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Steph. Mm-hmm. I'm Sarah Kaki here based in Atlanta, and I am the owner of the Atlanta Divorce Law Group and the Kaki Law Firm two completely separated, separately branded law firms with separate teams, separate offices. And it's really thanks to the work I've done with David that I am able to not only manage those two firms, but also have a wonderful family life with three children, wonderful, loving husband. And he has a business of his own that was came from the foundation of the work that he's done with David as well. And thanks to the work we've done together, I've been in the journey of the pursuit of having it all and having it all with as much grace and fun as I possibly can. And in that journey, I've met some of my closest friends like Allie and Lee. And thanks to the leader that I've been able to develop within myself from the personal development work I've done, I'm able to employ incredible people within my firms and leaders within my firm that allow me to uh, keep pursuing more and do fun side projects with my friends like Lee and Allie and like you guys. So uh, I'm here to share all the, you know, the lessons and all the tears and blood and sweat that I did the hard way till I met David and decided to go the easy way. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. For everyone who's just joining the room, this is Let's Talk Universal Law and Business with David Nagel, Lee Hayward, Allie Leibovich, and Sarah Kaki, I highly recommend that you follow these three ladies. And if you're not following David, please go to each of their profiles, tap on them, and follow them. Plus, ring the bell to get notified whenever they're back on Clubhouse sharing some of their knowledge. If you think you know someone that could benefit from hearing these stories or anything that we're going to talk about tonight, feel free to invite your friends into this room as well. All right, so we've got our intros in place. Let's all start at the same place. So David, can you just, before we get into a deep discussion about this, can you just give us a brief description of what is universal law? I can, but first I'd I'd like to say something. Um, While these women own these amazing businesses, multi-million dollar companies, I think one of the most important things is that they're all doing what they love. And that's a big thing to be able to not only earn the money, earning the money is one thing, which is a great thing, but to be able to go out there and do what you love every day and to expand that and create that is absolutely amazing. It, the, the things that they've done and the people they help is, is outstanding. Um, as far as the laws go, you know, the interesting thing about the laws is there's seven basic universal laws that, that, Really, everything in the universe operates according to these laws. And the way that it plays a role in the human experience is it, it is literally a way for us to think based on how the universe works. 
Most people are raised um, and taught how to think based on lack conditions and experiences from people that did not understand how the universe actually operates. And then the modus operandi of the universe is more life. It is to continue to expand life, to create life, and life actually helping life continue to move forward. If you were raised by someone who did not understand that and they worked very hard for a living, um, they experienced the human challenges only without any further teaching, they didn't understand how the universal laws work. So they operate by man-made laws that are designed just to help us survive as human beings, but they're very limited in, in the scope of what they can do and how they can provide for you. So the idea is that once you understand these laws and you can literally integrate them into your thinking so that everything that you think about is coming from first the basis of how does the law, how does it pertain to these laws? And then think about it from a creative perspective and an abundant perspective, not a lack perspective, then you literally can design a life that you absolutely love and you could do whatever you want because you're not coming from the perspective of lack. You're coming from a higher understanding of how the universe works and how it actually affects each and every one of us as we go through our lifetime. Thank you. I think the interesting thing about these laws is that they seem so simple on the surface, but it's not, it's not exactly what we're taught as, as children to think about. So it's almost like these laws provide a new way to think about how success works and how life works in general. Um, Lee, Ali, Sarah, do any of you want to pop in and just share how these laws, I know, Ali, you mentioned the law of polarity is your middle name. I think the law of polarity would be my middle name as well. Um, do you want to share a story of how this played a part in, in your ability to grow like you've grown? Sure. Um, I grew up um, in Argentina uh, in a dictatorship until I was 13, almost 14 um, there was uh, different militars and no freedom, like uh, what everybody is used to here in the United States. Um, and I always thought um, that there was kind of uh, something else other than that. I wasn't completely sure what freedom meant and what um, kind of, how it could be to live in freedom or to live in any other situation that wasn't in a dictatorship. Uh, my parents, my family, they had lived other situations uh, that were in the dictatorship that was closer to democracy, but not really. And for them, their life and what, um, how they educated me and how it was, was that this is what you get. This is, this is the only way, and this is what you get, and you kind of, you got to make the best of it, but there is really nothing else. And I didn't know it was called the law of polarity. I always had um, um, an instinct that there was something else. Uh, one day when I was around six years old or maybe seven, I went to a new friend in town uh, house, she actually lived in an apartment, and I had never, I didn't even know there were apartments in this little town where I was living. 
So I went in and we went into her room. And when we got into her room, absolutely everything in that room was pink. The bed was pink, the curtains were pink. I didn't even know they existed, like pink curtains in the world. My, I shared my room with my brother and everything was brown, kind of khaki uh, colored and uh, adult furniture, male furniture. There was nothing girly about it. And in this room there was, everything was girly, pink, little furniture. And I remember standing there and that was sort of like the pivotal, the pivotal moment where the law of polarity really came into my life where I looked around and I thought, wow, I didn't know this existed. And then I thought, I wonder what else exists that is not this. And that was my first real connection to something else that I didn't know what was the name, that from that moment on, that's what led me to always think that there was, that there were options, that there was something else, and that there was there had to be a different way of, of doing things. And when, when um, I started coaching with David, I was at a crossroad, basically aspiring to be broke. I had just recovered from being very sick. Um, the company that I was working for, um, MTV Networks, they were moving to different places. They were closing the offices here, and I was not going to have a job anymore, and I didn't really want a job. And it was basically started from the beginning. And I could see that there was a different way of doing things, and, but still didn't have a name for it. And learning from David all of the teachings and putting names to these laws and being able to talk about them and to have a common language then with my partner and with other people and with David and with Steph, that was, to me, being able to have a name in, uh, in that common language was pivotal. Um, always thinking that, okay, there is this major problem, there has to be a solution. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And even until when the pandemic hit, for example, uh, the first thing I thought was, one, I'm going to go back to basics. So I started listening to every program that I had ever done with David and every book um, on basic mindset. And then the, I went to the law of polarity. Why? Because if there is this giant problem that everything seems to be stopped, there has to be the opportunity in here. And that has been the kind of what what drives me how I see everything um, and now that I, that I have a language to explain it and to talk to someone about it. Amazing. Thank you for that, Ali. David, based on what Ali is saying about the law of polarity, do you want to give just a brief explanation? I mean, it, yes, it's, it's, there is no problem without a solution. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about the law of polarity? Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is that most people don't even know that this law exists or the implication that it has on how we actually live our life. So there's a law, it's one of the seven laws, seven universal laws, it's called the law of polarity, and it basically states that everything in the universe has an opposite side to it, and it's equal and opposite. 
So you can't have a problem without a solution. If you're experiencing a problem of any kind, the solution not only has to be there, but it's in the same place as the problem because it's the opposite side of the same thing. If you take a physical object, it has a right and a left, an up and a down, an inside and an outside. And the opposite side of it is connected to its opposite. A problem uh, is something that is uh, uh, a problem like in a person's mind, a thought, how we're experiencing something, has the same opposite in the same place. One of the biggest deals, the, the way that the law of polarity changes so many business owners' lives, is when it comes to resources and it comes to money. Many people go out of business because they do not know how to acquire the resources they need to keep a business moving. They do not understand how to earn the amount of money that they need in order to make their business profitable. They don't understand how to make the amount of money that they want in order to live the life that they want, whether it's hundreds of thousands or tens of millions or, you know, or any amount. When you have a need or a desire for something, you're experiencing uh, one side of the thing that you want in your life on an energetic level. So everything starts off in uh, this basic idea of um, knowledge, right? So all the knowledge that ever was or ever will be is 100% present in all places at the same time. It's, it's universal in its expression. As we begin to feel a desire to create something, to do something, to experience something, we're feeling that. It's known as desire. It's an energetic feeling. And we're literally tapped into it from an energetic perspective. Now, a lot of people would say, well, that's not, it's not real. I mean, that's, that's a fantasy in your mind. No, it absolutely is real because everything that's ever been created by human beings first had to be a picture in somebody's mind. So when you first tap into something, you're experiencing one side of it. That means that the other side must be here, which is generally the way or the how to create whatever it is. It applies to money. If you don't have money, but you have a need, a want, or a desire for it, the opportunity for that money must be in the same place at the same time and actually ready to come into your life. But the problem with people is that if you were never taught that, your mind is only programmed through the senses that we experience life by, which we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. So we only understand from that perspective. If I can't see it, see it uh, uh, weigh it, measure it, feel it, you know, that type of thing, then we think that it's not here, but it actually is. So the limit of our belief system controls our perception. When you start to understand these laws, it expands your perception and you begin to see the thing that you never saw before, which is the resources, the money, the opportunity. Everything that you could possibly want is already here and it's closer to you than you could possibly imagine. And what we do is help change people's perception so that they can see it, recognize it, know where it is, and literally bring it into their life. As you know, Steph, the law of polarity is my favorite law because it really does allow people to finally understand how to break their business open from the resource level and the financial level to create whatever it is they desire. Nice. Thank you. We have someone from the audience that has popped up. Dee Terrell, do you want to add to this conversation or ask a question? 
Thank you so much, Seth and David and everyone on the panel for having me. I do have a question. And my question is for, um, first of all, to mi amiga Alejandra, ¿cómo estás? Yo practicando mi español. I'm learning Spanish, so I just wanted to practice with her real quick. Hola, my, hola. Question, <laughs> my question is, if you can remember um, the very beginning stages of when you were trying to um, trying to understand all of this, what were the things that you did to change your thinking and your behavior so that this could become a consistent belief and replace the old limiting beliefs? Uh, at the very beginning, sell. That's the first and only thing you need to do. You got to pay the rent. You got to pay for things. You gotta pay for more education. You are aware of everything that you don't know. You see where the knowledge is that you need to get, that you need to get you, and you need money for it. It's a tool. So you need that tool. So the first thing was to um, sell, to start selling and breaking in selling, what I can see with my son is that my, my son and most kids, they are excellent at selling, selling, negotiating. And then I don't know if it's school, if it's society, if it's all of the education of everybody kind of takes it out of you. And then you have to relearn how to do it. So first you got to get rid of all of your shit so that, sorry for the, um, <laughs> uh, but you got to get rid of that so that you can, it, working with somebody like David or Steph, so that you can sell and that you learn that and you learn that you're selling, you're doing that for somebody and not to somebody. And that is the, that is the main thing. When you can do that, then you want to have a business because money is coming in. Um, this is not, you know, you're trying in this and the other. And you got to do everything, everything to get, get rid of everything that you learned so you can be a kid again and be and sell again and listen and be of service. Does that help? Sí, claro. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. It does help a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Jitrell. All right, for anyone new that's joining us, I'm just going to do a quick room reset. You are in Let's Talk Universal Law and Business with David Nagel, Lee Hayward, Ali Leibovich, and Sarah Kaki. Sarah, do you have any stories you want to share about how you've kind of leaned on universal law as you've grown multiple businesses? Yeah, and it's funny because I was listening to DTRL's question and I was remembering my early days with David and being exposed to these universal laws and I was studying them like I'm studying a science book and trying to remember the names of them and the little components of them and then the sub law within the law. And it's actually brilliant that I don't remember the seven names of the laws anymore, even though I studied them and probably got ace the test if there was an exam handed out at the time, because they've been now so ingrained into my thinking that they just now have are turning into instinctual behavior and instinctual thinking. And uh, to kind of back, piggyback a little bit on what Ali told D. Terrell, and I'll 
say this, add this on top of it. It also just comes from getting very, very curious about yourself and getting very resourceful about yourself. Um, David taught me to ask myself two questions anytime I was meeting a block, a mental block, or even a physical block to move. And that was, what am I resisting? And what would it look like if this, if this was easy? And one of the biggest laws that has changed my life, and I think has now become one of my sort of mantras, is the law of cause and effect. And what I was doing for a long time before meeting David is I was putting all the cause in, which I believe would just be hard work. Just work hard, work harder than everybody else around you. If you're exhausted, if you go to bed more tired than anybody else, if you go to bed later than everybody else, and you come home looking exhausted to your children, and then you're, everybody's going to be proud of you, and all good things will happen. The problem is that's not how the law of cause and effect works. Law and cause and effect is led by an intention. You have to first set an intention of what do I want? What am I doing this work towards? And not until you're super clear on that, will you actually get the effects you want from the causes you're putting into place? So what I learned was that all that hard work I was doing, all the sweat I was putting in, it was really just to get appreciation and love and special from my parents and from my community and um, really from family. And that's how my family, that's how my culture really regards somebody that has achieved anything. They just put in a lot of hard work. But what did they work on? What did they focus on? It doesn't even matter. So I was putting all this work in and showing up to David, broke, exhausted, and tired, and uninspired, and just done. And and I didn't have the results. I didn't have the effects I wanted because the intention that I couldn't see was that I was trying to be special and loved. I wasn't trying to really accomplish what I said I wanted to accomplish, which was be a great leader of multiple firms and have a great life, a great family life that I could enjoy on top of having these businesses and getting to have the freedom of time and resources to do other side projects that inspired me and were part of my purpose. So the law of cause and effect really comes down to me about doing the work, knowing what it is you want, being clear on it, and then doing the work to achieve it. And that's what makes this teaching so much better than a lot of the junk out there that we're all exposed to about, you know, go on a mountaintop and uh, sing some chakra and, you know, play with some gems and things will manifest. I, that's, I, that never sat right with me. And it's not till I met David that I realized, wow, what it really is about, it's just a simple science of cause and effect. And once I was able to understand why all my causes was not getting the right effects because I wasn't setting the right intention, then it, it, it changed everything. And everything then came with grace and ease and it goes back to what David said in the beginning, because I was doing the things I loved. I was doing, doing the things I loved with complete clarity of mind of why I was doing them and for what purpose. And then I was enjoying everything I was doing. It didn't feel so hard. didn't feel so tiresome. And it really just led to a life where family life, business, everything just sort of meshes together. And we're not chasing the weekends and we're not chasing work-life balance because it's all one part joyful journey of growth. I love that. You 100% became the cause 
of the effect that you wanted to experience in the world. Like you had to be someone different to get a different result. It's just, it's been so amazing watching what you've created for yourself and for every single person around you, Sarah. Like, honestly, I love that you talked about love, cause and effect. David, you want to do a little uh, um, teaching around cause and effect? Well, you know, Emerson said that uh, the law of cause and effect was the law of laws because everything that we experience is basically a secondary effect that has a primary causation. And because each human being is a creative center, we have all the creative faculties uh, inside of us. Like we're the only life form that we're aware of on the planet that has all the creative faculties uh, within us, which means that we can create literally from the energetic perspective uh, as the as the, the the primary foundation into the secondary, which is the physical foundation. So the primary for us, the first cause is thought. Our imagination is is one of the first intellectual faculties that allows us to build an image of something that is possibly not even here in physical form. You know, uh, I mean, everything that was created by human beings once was just an image on somebody's mind. And that image existed in the knowledge and the structure in, the, in the, the primary of the universe. So we're seeing this image that's in the universe in our mind. And as we hold that image, we can move that image into form because we become the first cause of that creation. The effect is the thing that we create. These, these wonderful, uh, mirac- miraculously successful women that are on this call tonight created something from nothing, right? It was an image, it was a desire in their mind and their body. They built an image of what they wanted at, uh, as the primary cause and the secondary is the business itself. It is the result that they created. So everything in the universe operates on a cause and effect. The more we understand what causes the effects we're actually experiencing, it gives us the knowledge base to be able to change those things at will because that's the power of, of, of what we are. You know, we're, we're spiritual beings in a human experience with all the creative power and the creative energy to be able to take it at will and change it and adopt it to exactly what it is that we see in our mind and our heart. Can I add that something to that? Sure. Um, I think that the, I'm in complete, well, of course, I'm in complete agreement. I think that the, there is that image that you have. The thing is, unless there is action, unless you act on it, nothing happens. There is no effect. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Action is what moves it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, have to have, you have to have that action to move it from the non-physical to the physical. Otherwise, it, it's just a dream at that point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we've talked about the law of polarity. We've talked about the law of cause and effect. You've all heard David say that there are seven laws. There are also subsidiary laws to those seven laws, and there is no way we're going to get through them all. I'm just realizing tonight. So we have a a free resource. We generally only include this as a bonus with paid programs that people purchase. But if you'd like a free resource, it's called the Cheat Sheet to the Universal Laws. It's something that David created 
that just kind of gives a breakdown of each law and the definition of each law so you can see how like how it interacts with your decisions and your daily life. Happy to get that to you. All you need to do is tap on his profile and go down to Instagram. And if you DM him, um, let's see, how about the word laws? If you DM him the word laws, sometime after this clubhouse, we will send you that, that cheat sheet so that you can see what all of the laws are and not just get bits and pieces with the conversation that we're talking about tonight. So if you want the, the resource, great. Tap on his profile picture, scroll down to, to Instagram, slide into his DMs and just type loss and he'll get that to you um, today or tomorrow morning. Okay, Lee, you're up. Do you have a favorite, a favorite law or a combination of laws that's really helped you in growing your business? Yeah, so I'm actually going to go back to what David said in the beginning of this call about how the universe operates under the idea of more life. And I ended up at, an, at a David event, um, which was kind of a hilarious story. I have got a two-year-old. I had just started a business. I definitely had never heard of David Nagel. I definitely had never heard of a universal law. But somehow I end up on a, con- on a phone call with Steph Tess and she's like, come out to Salt Lake City to this event and be a sponsor and it'll help you get clients. And I'm like, okay, great. So I'm there and I just remember this moment where I'm sitting there and David says something to the effect of no sale occurs without the impression of increase. And it was like this light bulb moment where I realized that my sort of innate tendency to always try to present things in a way that made it better, that made people want to purchase it, that made people want to approach you, that made people want to take action, actually had sort of a language to explain it. And it was the idea of, you know, the impression of increase. And then David recommended the the book of the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. And that was probably one of the biggest sort of ahas for me. And it's one of the things that took you know, David mentioned, we're all doing our passions, which we are. I literally quit a job in sales and was like, I'm going to go shop for people. Watch this. And I did. And I loved it. And it was super fun. But at a certain point, unless you were really trying to improve someone's life and improve someone's business and had a real driving force to it, it wasn't interesting to me. So it was that one sentence about, you know, sales not being able to occur without the impression of increase that basically built the foundation of my entire company and allowed it to turn into something that can help you basically brand an entire business to get the sales results that you want and not just have a brand that's like a band-aid that makes everything look pretty because that only works for so long. So I don't know if that counts of, of what you were talking about, Steph, but that is one of the that is just one of the most impactful lessons of many that I, that I learned. And I, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I'm learning who the heck all these people are and what in the world I'm doing there. Cause I had said yes to an opportunity and, and there we are. Awesome. I had never heard that story before, but yeah, I remember, remember the conversation about Salt Lake City and I remember you in Salt Lake City. I know. David, do you want to do a little teaching around the impression of increase and how it relates to the laws? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, as I said uh, earlier on the call, there's this idea 
that's really the kind of the modus operandi of the universe, which is more life. And that means basically this. Everything is designed in a way to add to life, not to actually take away from it. The things that we see uh, that are transitions of life are nothing more than the cycles of life going from one form to another. Uh, but like science will tell you, you know, energy is, it is the cause and effect of itself. It, it's neither created nor destroyed. It, it, it always is. So it's consistently moving forward. But when you start to look into nature, so to speak, and, and you're looking at, well, how does nature work? It's constantly attracting itself to itself through the idea of increase. So when it comes to human beings, there is this psychological principle that all human beings are looking for things in people that can help advance their life based on the principle of more life, because that's the idea that we're expanding our life, that we're continuing to move forward. It's why we learn and we go to school and we have teachers and we have mentors and you know, human beings are designed to consistently grow. So it, this psychological principle basically states that we become attracted to different things based on our own personal desires that are going to help us move to the next stage of our own evolution so that we can fulfill our purpose, so that we can manifest our desires, so that we can create the next thing that we want for ourselves, And a, a person who's conscious in what they have to offer in life, because if anybody is in their purpose, there's two fundamental things that are happening. One is their own fulfillment. Uh, when you are in your purpose, you, you feel extremely fulfilled in living the life that you're living. But in that fulfillment, you're also creating and participating in humanity in a way that it fulfills other people. It literally helps other people. So when you're conscious about what you're doing, you're, you're offering whatever it is that's in your purpose to specific people in humanity. That is the increase of life. You've taken something in yourself, you've developed it to a higher state of consciousness and then into some kind of a, a physical or an ideology perspective to be able to help somebody else. The people that are looking for it are actually attracted to what it is that you have to offer. We, we literally attract each other in the sense that as we come together as two individuals or more, it creates a third entity of growth, right? So it creates another thing that allows people to begin to move forward. And it happens in all of nature. It is a principle that exists in all of nature. We're always attracted to the thing that will move us forward. Now, here's the detrimental part of this. If a person is programmed from the basis of dysfunction, because say that they had abuse in their childhood or massive trauma experiences, and that became the foundation of their subconscious mind, and that doesn't get cleared or changed or healed, that too will move forward. And that, too, they will seek people that can move that dysfunction forward. Now, that's not a good thing, but what it, the idea is that if you understand that everything is in a position of growth, when you see problems in your life not going well consistently, relationships not going well consistently, business, money, jobs, anything consistently not going well, there is a program that is causing what you don't want to grow. 
if you understand that everything does nothing but grow, you understand that if you switch it over to what you truly want in life, that too will follow the same law and grow. You don't need to know how it's going to happen. You just need to know that it will. And when you start to make the decision to move in a new direction in your life, in your business, in your relationships, then all of the, all of the, the opportunity for that to happen starts to become apparent because you're literally attracting the idea of more life into your life. And that, and that comes in the form of other individuals who have something to offer you that will allow your life to expand and grow beyond the current position that you're in. In physics, that, um, that law, the more life law, is actually entropy. Um, one of the things that I was able to do, <laughs> thanks to working with all of the laws, was to study physics. And um, I match uh, every law in science with <laughs> the universal laws. And basically what runs the universe is matter, energy, and entropy. And entropy is um, basically more life. Is There is more entropy every second of this universe. It's entropy what is making the universe expand, what makes things go into one direction and not into the, the opposite direction. Since um, there is an arrow of time and we are constantly moving towards the most natural way of being that we have left to our own devices with no forces in nothing interfering in us we are moving towards the most natural way of being which is the more life that's where everybody's going and like david was saying if that is not right then you are going towards there if um if um You, are, you could be growing, uh, being more poor and getting more sick and, and, and selling less and, and, and going bankrupt. Or you could be growing, grow, growth, selling more, um, getting a multi-million dollar business, having success. It depends on, on what is inside of you and what is your most natural way. And uh, it requires a lot of awareness and help to change that. And I thank David for that very much instead. Oh, David, is this, is this also the law of vibration at play here? Yeah, well, the law of vibration is basically, uh, it's the energy in the universe on whatever frequency it's being transmitted, right? So everything operates on a different frequency. And that basically explains the law of vibration. Vibration literally is frequency because everything is in a constant state of movement. The question is, what frequency is it operating on? So it's very much like, uh, you know, radio uh, signals. You know, in any room that a person's in, there's probably 20 or 30 different radio stations playing at the same time, but you can't hear them unless you have a radio. If you have a radio, you can dial into any specific station that you want. You can hear rock or you can hear jazz or you can hear country or blues or whatever it is that's playing. And if you want to hear something else, you change the station. Well, intelligence and knowledge operates on frequencies that are very, very similar. And we can literally change those frequencies and how we receive them by changing the way that we think. If we increase and move to a higher level of what they call vibration or frequency in our thought, if we're thinking good things, if we're expecting good things, we're raising our consciousness in vibration and we will experience 
higher levels of thought based on where we want to go within our consciousness. If we're thinking base desires, if we're thinking fear and survival and vindictiveness and revenge and jealousy, like stuff like that, you're going to think thoughts that are on the same level as that, on the same frequency. So the idea is the more conscious we become about how to think according to these laws, the easier it is to raise our vibration. And, and what we literally attract is the thought. We attract the knowledge into our mind. Everything else is here. So we're just raising the frequency in which we think, which causes us to think completely different as far as the knowledge base goes in the universe. It's the same principle that Edison used to create the light bulb. There was no light bulb. He had an image in his mind, and he kept thinking about the creation of this light bulb and working it out physically, like Ali said, in action. And, the, and he was literally pulling the knowledge from the universe as to how to do that. And, and it's, how we, it's how we do everything. That's why we don't need to know how it's going to happen. Our job as a human being is to make a decision that it does and then to stay in the mindset of what we're doing and then pursue the actions that are in front of us in the moment. And then we make decisions from the results that those that literally manifest from there. Awesome. Thank you. Just a quick room reset. We are talking universal law and business with David Nagel, Ali Leibovich, Sarah Kaki, and Lee Hayward. And we have someone in the audience who's raised their hand. Victoria, Tori, do you have a question or have something to add to the conversation? Thank you. Yes, I have a question um, for Ali and David. Um, you know, Ali, when you told the story about walking in the room where there's pink everywhere, your next statement was, it then made me think, what else is out there? What else am I missing? You know, your curiosity questions. And I've heard something very similar from your husband um, when he was talking about, I think, probably a boat or a yacht or whatever, um, you know, be, you know, seeing somebody or even a larger, you know, residence asking the question, who do I need to be or what does it look like to be the person who owns that, um, whatever it is. And the question I have is, you know, I don't feel like I am naturally at this stage. Um, I know that all children are naturally curious, but regardless of how I got to where I am, I don't feel that I'm naturally curious. It never would have occurred to me to ask the question, what else is out there if, if this is different than what I know? What else is out there? Um, or even to phrase the question, what would it be? To, how would I have to be or what would I have to look like to be the person who owns whatever that house is or that yacht or whatever? Are there set questions or a set way that, that we can begin to train ourselves to be that curious person so that it becomes natural, just like the laws of the universe. Um, because, you know, I've heard that curiosity from Sarah. I've certainly heard it from Allie and others. Um, and you, David, you know, and I'm just wondering, a set of questions to train myself to be more curious so I can be more expansive. David, do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll go. I'll, I am, I'll answer it. Mm -hmm. I think that you need to be, you need, your curiosity is around naturally. It's around what you want. Don't think about what Arjan thought about a yacht. That's something that was interesting to him. Uh, don't think about what I was curious about or Sarah or Allie. 
Think about the things that you're curious about, that, that you wonder about. I know you do, but I think you're, you're trying to put it up against what other people were interested in and say, well, why were they interested in this and I'm not? I've known you for a long time. There's a lot of things that you're interested in. Ask the questions that pertain to the things that you want or the things that you're interested in in your life because that's the mechanism that opens the door specifically for you for the way that you need to go to become the person that you want to be. Don't try to fit into somebody else's model because that won't work. Yours is, everybody's is very specific to them. You're welcome. Um, I have something to add. Um, I think that a really good way to, if you're finding yourself that you are not curious, like what you you were mentioning that the, these questions are not popping up in your mind, um, one great exercise to do is for, let's say, three months, like this is a process, this doesn't happen overnight, is to follow your interest. You, anything that, that picks your attention, like picks your curiosity, anything that picks, like you're curious about, then you think, hmm, that's interesting. Anything around you, you gotta follow it. And you gotta follow it and you gotta investigate more. It doesn't matter if it makes money, if it makes sense, what anybody thinks about it. It doesn't matter what it is. And you kind of got to do it for like a good three months. Like it's, it takes a while. And somewhere in there, you're going to get curious. Where? I have no idea. But that, doing that exercise really helps. I've seen a lot of people that have done it. It helps to get you into that, I guess, vibration mode to start attracting what is vibrating at that same frequency. Okay. The thing is, you are curious because you ask that question. So you are looking for something, right? Right. And I feel like, you know, I, mean, I feel like I just take traditional methods, like right now with the whole hemp farm and learning everything about CBD. Yeah, I think we've lost Tori. Cool. Hopefully that hopefully that was helpful. Those were fantastic suggestions. Thank you, Allie and David. Lee and Sarah, anything you want to add to this conversation? We've got about five minutes left, and I know you both have lots and lots of experience using learn, using universal law. Any tips, tricks of the trade, ways that you keep yourself in check that you want to share with the audience? I think I'll just share this about the whole concept of curiosity and desire. It's so easy to judge the small things that show up in our minds that we want. I'll, I'll share this and be as vulnerable as I can to hopefully help somebody out there that might have been where I was when I first met David. I walked up to the mic to specifically ask David if it would be okay to spend $1,000 on a Burberry handbag. I mean, that's... The, how small my curiosity level was compared to what it is now. I'm not, but I was judging that. And it wasn't until I went up to the mic and said it, I was like, David, I'm in a lot of debt, but there's a thousand dollar bag I want. And he was like, go get the bag. The point wasn't the bag. 
The point was I wanted that financial freedom of wanting things and not feeling bad about wanting things. I wanted the financial freedom of feeling okay dressing in the clothes I wanted to wear, the meals I wanted to have, the lifestyle I wanted, the luxury that was exciting to me. And none of those things were really like the end goal or the purpose, but they were the start of something that was, it's okay to want something no matter how small, but just open that little window and show up for that one small thing but that's the thing. That's the whole cause and effect. You don't just go buy the bag. You do the work to go earn the bag and then show up for that desire. Then watch the desire grow and become more and more beautiful. And eventually, before you know it, it looks like magic, but it's not because it's cause and effect. You've done the work to help thousands of people that can go now and buy themselves something that follows their desire. I mean, that's basically what David has done here. He's through this program brought us together and we've all done collaborations together. That's helped a lot of people. And those people have helped a lot of people. So your smallest desire, even a thousand dollar handbag or even smaller than that, I want to go eat at a restaurant that's been out of our budget can lead to something really beautiful for other people. And it's only selfish when you're judging it and sitting there and thinking, well, this isn't grand enough. This is silly. Or this is, I'm just being a silly little girl. Cause that's what I would tell myself when I wanted nice things. You're just being a silly little girl. Well, it actually turned out that me showing up for myself and putting in the intention to do the work to get the effect led to me actually growing a team, employing so many other people, helping so many more clients and being able to share a message about the work I've done that hopefully is helping other people. And now that beautiful stuff is just a side thing. That's not really what my life's about. It's how I get to show up for my children and teach them how to show up for themselves. But it was that smallest desire in that thousand dollar handbag that I had to go up and voice and stop judging myself and hear David just so simply say, yeah, go get it versus you silly little girl. I can't believe you're using your time to talk about a handbag. Sarah, that's so yes, that's the problem. We're taught that we can't have what we want. So we start looking at what other people have. Each person has to admit what they really want. And, and like you've heard me say before, all, you know, here's the place where you need to look for this. It's in your secret thoughts. It's in the thoughts that are very private to you that you don't tell anybody about, but you judge and you keep quiet. And it's, you know, it's like nobody knows that you're having these thoughts. Everybody has those. That's the doorway that opens to everything else. It was the Burberry bag for you. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's something very personal to a person very often from the traditional idea of what is it that I can ask for? Or what can I have? It seems ridiculous. You know, it's like, Oh, it's too much money. I can't pay my bills as it is. It's just all bullshit. You have to be honest with yourself about what you want because the universe speaks to you through that desire. It's waiting for you to say yes. And when you say yes, it then takes you to the next door and the next door and the next door. Everything that you want in life is about saying yes. That's it. Quit saying no. Quit judging yourself. Say yes. And you will be led exactly to what you want in life. I have something to add to that. That This is dumb, y'all. This is really dumb. But this is literally <laughs> what I did. And this is how I taught myself to 
reprogram how I thought. And it, it was one word, three letters and a and D. So the thought would come like, you can't do that or no, this isn't going to work or whatever. And I, I just trained myself to just think the word and, and it wasn't like, and with a question mark, like my 10 year old sasses me with, it was just, and this is where you live. Um, and so it's like a really dumb, tiny little trick, but it helped me to completely become aware of when I was thinking from a lack perspective instead of just a, you know, how do we make this happen? Oh, and versus or is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So many people who grew up in the middle class were taught it's or. I can have this or I can have this. I can't right. have this and this. I love that. Thank you so much for that, Cher Lee. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This 60 Minutes flew by. It is the top of the hour, so we need to say bye for now. If you'd like the cheat sheet to the universal laws, just go ahead and tap on David's profile, slide into Instagram, and DM him the word laws and he will get it into your hands as quickly as he can. Please make sure that you tap on Sarah Lee and Ali's profiles. Follow them. They are forces to be reckoned with, and they are on Clubhouse often. In fact, they even have their own room that meets, I believe, at the same time every week. Um, Join them. They're lovely and so insightful. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us. We wish you all well. And for now, I'm just going to say bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.